0: How do I get on the first page of Google?
1: How do I get found when someone searches my business name?
0: Every business owner wants to know these secrets. Is there a secret?
1: Search engine optimization or SEO are buzzwords marketing gurus use.
0: What does optimizing for search really mean for your business and how much is it going to cost?
1: Do the same things apply for brick and mortar as they do for e-commerce?
0: Building a digital presence is crucial for any business in any industry, whether they are on Main Street or online. Search optimization is one of the best ways to gain awareness, credibility, and traction.
1: Should a business owner spend their time and money on optimizing their digital presence?
0: We will explore search optimization, what it means, its benefits, and why you should consider it as a way to increase a customer base inspire consumer trust and build your brand.
1: Hello, everybody. This is Tony Gallo from the Lorraine County Chamber of Commerce. I'm here with Lisa Hudson from the SBDC at Lorraine County Community College. And we are here with another edition of Business Fluent. So we're here to talk to Chris Schneider and Lindsay Sims today. We're gonna to talk a little bit about
0: Search optimization.
1: Yeah, search engine optimization and um, some e-commerce things. With that, I'm going to turn it over to Lindsay. She's going to introduce herself and then she can pass the mic over to Chris.
2: Well, thank you so much for having me on the podcast. I appreciate it. I am Lindsay Sims and I am the founder and CEO of Predictable Results Marketing. At Predictable Results Marketing, we focus on helping small businesses transition from small business to brand through digital marketing education. Helping them know what they don't know so that they can stop paying attention to what's not important in digital marketing for businesses. Okay, Chris, it's up to you.
3: <laughs> All right. My name is Chris Schneider. I run a marketing and advertising agency called Handshake Digital. We specialize in growing online businesses with social media management, digital advertising, and more. We have a team of 15 people scattered across the United States and the UK, but we have our roots. Here in Elyria, my business partner and I are both Elyria High graduates, and I still live here in Elyria as well. So you can find us online at uh, on social media at Hey It's Handshake or HandshakeDigital.com.
0: Awesome, guys. Well, thank you both for being here. So what is SEO? That's I, I mean, I think that's people come in, business owners, and they think, oh my God, I just have to be like on the front page of Google and I got to do this thing called SEO, but they really have no idea what it means. And to be honest, I'm not sure I really know all the, everything it means.
3: So SEO is an acronym for search engine optimization. It's a strategy used by website owners to get more traffic and rank higher in search engines, right? So everybody wants to be number one on Google. That's probably, you know, the the first, honestly, the first 10 years of our business was building websites for small business owners. That's That's really all we focused on was brand building and building websites. And the number one thing that people came to us and said was, I want to be number one on Google. The problem is, is they either didn't want to be patient enough for it to happen because it tends to be a little bit of a longer play or... They weren't ready to roll up their sleeves and really dive in because there is you know you can you can scratch the surface and you can do okay at it or you can really go crazy and you could spend every waking hour of it i'll let lindsay talk a little bit about that she from my understanding is the grow with google expert here locally and i would love to hear a little bit from her as well
2: yeah so my perspective on on seo is that for me, search optimization, it really is not just about Google, it's about being found wherever your customer is searching for whatever you need to be found for, for that customer. And that is like outside of Google, there's all sorts of ways to get found, especially because Google does tend to be a highly competitive. And those of us who are small business owners, we don't have time for that. Like, (laughs) we got jobs, like we got stuff we're doing. So
0: So you're right. Small business owners are really busy. And so to that effect, could I, as a small business owner, just write one of you guys a really big check and tell you, go get me a number one on Google?
1: (laughs) I was going to say, I've never met a small business owner that never is going to say no to a, write me a big check.
0: Yeah.
2: yeah. Yeah. Write me a big check and I will do whatever you want me to do, even if it's not the best thing for your business. And so (laughs) that's, it's sort of what I, like, I don't do. Like you're, you're completely right, Lisa. There are people who will take your money and they will do something that doesn't cost nearly as much as you're paying them (laughs) to do. My whole job, as far as I'm concerned, is to help business owners understand what they should and shouldn't be paying for, mostly because you can pay someone to do SEO and you can pay someone to do it really well. Like it's not even that that's not real. Like, absolutely. (laughs) But it's probably not your best use of time, depending on where you
1: are. I have a quick question. Does your name help you or hurt you? Like depending on how you spend your, or spell your business name, if you make it difficult for people to find you? I mean, Chris, you just came through a new branding, you know, for your business. You got, you, you've been around for a long time, but you rebranded it. Does that mean you started from square one again with the new branding?
3: Uh, yeah, kind of. Uh, so in 2012, we founded Duo Design and Development. It was very pigeonholed, right? All we could do in that business name was design work or development work. But as we started to grow and as we started to work with more and more business owners, we realized I think marketing and digital advertising is is so impactful for them, right? And and with the with the introduction of things like Squarespace and all these website builders, it was harder and harder to talk them into like hiring an agency, right? Uh, so. So what I what we found is that they still needed so much help whether it was SEO, paid media, email marketing, any of those things. And so you know, we started we started offering those services, but people were very confused, right? Because my name didn't match my service. It didn't really line up. We wound up making the change to Handshake Digital. We felt like we're blue collar. You're going to find us in black t-shirts and half the time a hat on. I dressed up for you guys. Even after 2020 and COVID in the power of a handshake, whether it's digitally or in person, we wanted that to be known, right? The second that people come in contact with our brand we want them to have a feeling we want them to have a feeling of we're going to be casual we're not that suit and tie 500 person agency downtown with we believe in work-life balance we believe in having fun while we work and we believe in having a good real relationship with our clients so that's why we ultimately made the pivot so that our name aligned better with what we were doing and it is i think it
2: is really important to have those things kind of make sense as someone who also went through a, a brand transition a couple of years ago, I would 100% agree with everything Chris just said. You know, you hit the nail on the head with the idea that it is way more important that your name is representative of A, what you do, and B, what your customers need from you, versus you trying to hold on to some sort of SEO value for your like for your old name. I have conversations with people around that all the time where they're like, oh, I hate my business name or it doesn't represent what I'm doing anymore, but I don't want to change it because blah 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 blah. And I'm like, basically (laughs) everything you just said there is nonsense. If you hate your business name and you want to change it, change it. Like (laughs) it's like, don't freak out about the SEO. There's stuff we can do to like, you know, fix it. Like, don't worry. (laughs) Don't worry about it.
3: Anyone that knows what they're doing can help you transition your your old domain, your old not you know, lose your traffic name, all and that all that. Stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of tools in place to help that.
0: Interestingly enough, you guys talked about some core marketing values, like knowing your company values, knowing who your target audience is. And so what we get a lot is people come in and maybe they're a newer business and they're like, oh, my gosh, I need to focus on my SEO. But they haven't even done those marketing basics, like who is your target customer or you haven't even filled out like your Google listing on yet, and you're worried about SEO, like your hours aren't even correct on your Google listing. Like, (laughs) what are the steps? Like, at what point should a business be worried about SEO? And what are some of those basics that maybe they need to do first before they focus on that?
2: If you want to get started with doing something with your business that's going to help you get found? Number one thing for most small business owners is going to be filling out a Google My Business profile. If you are a location-based business or if you have a a service area for your business, create a profile, fill it out, claim your business, because um, Google is prioritizing that content and they are trying very hard to win. Um, Google is trying to win the know the zero search search. Like what that means is before you even hit enter, they want to have the answer served up to you (laughs) in the search bar. And because of that, actually having that Google My Business profile filled out, those of us who have complete profiles are way more likely to get served up in that little, you know, initial prompted uh, search in that search bar. So before, like, that's really their game is to try to serve people up that right answer before they even hit enter and hit the search results page. That means that, like, doing little things like having your profile filled out is going to make a huge difference for your business. But then, and you know, in addition to that, I would say you know, making small changes will actually make you more competitive. But often that's so much further down the line than you realize like you there's a lot of other things you can be doing to make yourself more competitive before like actually doing what people think seo is like there's a bunch of other things you can do like make sure that your social media accounts all have the same name Like, I literally fight with people about this. I'm like, stop calling your business different yes. things on different platforms. You very small business, <laughs> like, <laughs> just name everything the same.
0: Yeah. Yes, <laughs> Because yes. you
2: can't get found if you're literally calling yourself something different on every single platform. So yeah, yeah, little things like that.
0: Just to clarify, does it cost a business anything to have that Google profile?
2: No, 100% answer no. The other thing, if we can just clarify for the audience, Google is not calling you to ask you to like offer you anything. That is not them. No. I hope no. People were like, Google called me to offer me the to set up this. And I'm like, that's not Google. Don't that's not Google. <laughs> Google is not calling you. Please, that is
1: an awesome clarification. Awesome <laughs> clarification. Yeah. And those updated uh, dates, times, all that stuff, I imagine that played even more powerfully during COVID, this these past 14 months when people were looking for things online and um, they go to find you and you're not there or you know, you're know you working remotely or what, whatever the case may be. It was such a
2: huge thing that I think that most business owners, a lot of the people who I, I know have had a lot of success last year, part of that success, and this is gonna sound almost horrible, but A huge part of their success was updating their Google My Business profile regularly. So, whenever there was any change in the business, they updated the dates and times and hours. They updated, you know, their mask requirements. They update the, they send new pictures, put pictures on the profile of what's going on, if there's new products, if there's modifications to how the products are delivered. Keeping that information updated because, again, you want to win. The like no search search and if you can have all that information just pop up immediately when someone wants to participate in your business, it makes their life so much easier. They're so much more likely to buy from you. It's just that over-complication of the page where people are like, oh, I don't, I don't want to change it because it's gonna change back. But for the three or four days like that, it's the different hours that are on your page. You're losing customers. You're literally losing money because you don't want to take the four minutes it takes to change your hours. Like, it's not that hard, so.
0: We've said Google a lot, which is part of like SEO. I think when we think SEO, (laughs) we think Google, right? But we have alluded that there might be some other search options. Can you talk about what maybe some of those other search options and how else a a customer might search for a business?
2: Yeah, so um, there are just so many Voice search is huge. So we all understand that voice search is massive. I think the thing that we don't understand is that all of the voice search like systems are being served by different search engines. And so Google is servicing like Google's voice search and they're servicing, I think, Siri, and that's it. So everything else that you're doing a voice search, every other type of device, it's not Google that's answering your question. It's Microsoft, <laughs> it's Bing, it's it. There are other platforms out there, you know, that are actually being used for search, and so we get caught up on this whole like being served by Google thing. When there's a lot of other options out there, there's search engines like Pinterest, which is a search engine. People don't think of the fact that that's. But that's literally like 95% of what people are doing on Pinterest is searching. And so that's a, it's a visual search engine. They're updating their search engine constantly to be more useful for actual image search. That is their game. So if you're, you know, like a business that can leverage image search, please, you should be on Pinterest because that's a great platform for that. LinkedIn is leveraging uh, information search. So um, if you are trying to develop expertise, like develop yourself as an expert, LinkedIn is a fantastic platform to be putting out your expertise content because they are leveraging the heck out of of that kind of search opportunity. There's just so many options out there.
3: I was gonna say, I was gonna say the number two search engine in the world is actually YouTube. When you're thinking about okay, where should I put my efforts? Where should I put my time? Okay, I want, to ha- I want to rank well on Google, but I also have a Google My Business page. Well, another way to kind of bolster those is to use Google's other product called YouTube. I don't know if anyone's heard of it, but uh, it's pretty popular. YouTube is incredible, but so many people are just terrified of video. They just, they, they feel so, they're so nervous about it. They feel like they have to have some massive production value. What I can say is we have found a ton of success by pushing people to create YouTube videos and get out of that comfort zone, right? Especially like if you're a service-based business, think about it, if you install HVAC systems, if you're a mechanic, if you are in any of those kind of blue collar service-based businesses, just go on YouTube and do a quick Google search and see how, or YouTube search, sorry, and see how many videos come up with those kind of tutorials in them and so, that is automatically kind of making people warmed up to your brand and warmed up to your business if you can get a couple videos. They also just rolled out YouTube Shorts, which is kind of like TikTok and Reels, but it's I think it's only 15 seconds right now in beta, so it's really short. But the views that you can get on that are really big, and they can also just start to count toward your overall views as a YouTube channel. So don't shy away from it. You're a small business owner because you know a lot about something.
1: And even if you have a a face for radio, like I do, still go on YouTube and do those? Yes. No matter what, no matter what?
2: No matter what. And then, (laughs) I mean, to, to kind of hit on that whole face for radio or I hate my, there's an entire YouTube section of YouTube that is faceless videos. And so if you want to get into the whole faceless video game, there are plenty of ways to do it where you don't have to have your face on the camera. If you don't want to be the visual representative of your business, which a lot of small business owners don't want to be the face of the business, that's cool. You can either hire a spokesperson. Hello, businesses do that all the time. Or you can do the whole faceless video game, which is totally... Totally acceptable way to do YouTube. You just have to do a little bit of thought work to make sure that it's still visually appealing because people are there for the visual. So it does have to have good visuals, but it'll have to have your face.
3: Right? Some of the biggest, most successful YouTube accounts are like those kind of point of views. Here's my hands. Uh, Overheads. You know, it could be unboxing. Yep. It could, yeah, overhead the overhead shots. down on your hands and millions of views can come out of that. And it's the it's the weirdest thing I watch it, and you know it, and I'm sure lindsay you you feel the same way, but when I watch stuff on YouTube, when I see ads or commercials or marketing campaigns from companies, I think about it so much different. Like I just stare at it, like, what is your strategy here what why do people pay attention to this, right?
0: Once you get over that initial like how does my hair look? It doesn't matter. Like sometimes I look at stuff we video and I'm like, oh my God, that's going to be on the internet forever.
1: <laughs> hey. yeah. Facebook, yeah. Facebook yeah. hair yeah. don't care. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, Make yeah, a coffee for sure. mug with that on it on Etsy. <laughs> and I'm assuming that what we're talking about applies to brick and mortar stores and businesses as well as e-commerce. Is there a difference between what those people have to do in order to get somebody knocking um, for some business? The key is
3: the Google My Business listing needs to make sure you have your hours clearly stated. If you have a, a brick and mortar store and an online store, what they need to make sure they're doing is just making sure that they list their location details on their site, whether it's in the footer, on a contact page, wherever and also have that information updated in places like a Google My Business listing. Outside of that, it's it's not much different. You still have SEO tactics that you have to do. It's still a very competitive market. You can still take social media approaches, and in fact, Social media from an e-commerce standpoint has started to become way more e-commerce friendly with all these like, you know, shop now buttons. You have you can upload your catalog into like Facebook and Instagram, Pinterest especially. If you have an online store and you're not on Pinterest, you are missing the boat. I have a client who they do aftermarket wheels and tires, right? Like the least Pinterest-y thing you could imagine, and they crush it on Pinterest with like 750,000 views a month on their, on their boards, right? The use of hashtags and, and whatnot still can find a lot of success for you. The key with online, what's nice about it is it's 24-7. What's scary about it is it's 24-7, right? So you need to make sure it's on a platform that can be steady, and work really well for you we are a shopify partner agency we definitely suggest using shopify but there are other platforms that exist out there too
2: yeah i would totally agree i think that you know most of us who have either a service-based business that is like an in-person service-based business or a you know physical location and not really an e-commerce situation almost feel like it's you know b2b businesses a lot of these businesses feel like social media or SEO is like not important because they get so much of their business through word of mouth or people who are doing walking by or whatever foot traffic and I think again, if COVID taught us anything is that a they were I put it like this, you were already missing out you just didn't know it. And so for all those people who were like, oh, you know I had to change my business model. I'm like you mean you were forced to update like everybody else. Like you should have been in the 21st century already. You wouldn't. And so now, (laughs) now you have to? Good. And so (laughs) I'm a little harsh like that, but I'm like, yeah, you just needed to do what you should have been doing before, which was get on, you know, get onto the internet and make the internet work for you because whether you have physical business, business, you know, business to business, in person shop, all of these tools are useful to all of us, not just e-commerce businesses. Like not by a long shot. E-commerce has a lot more leverageable assets for digital marketing, but it's just, you know, I wouldn't even say maybe more, just different. You, if you're really good at, you know, if you find the right people, you find the right information, you can leverage the entire heck. <laughs> of out of youtube or out of you know pinterest like you said a tire shop like aftermarket tires and people don't believe us when we say stuff like that chris and i'm like i have the same experiences where people who are selling things that are like wholesale they're like no one like you're on pinterest selling wholesale products and i'm like yep (laughs) you can do all sorts of things. So
0: we talk to clients all the time and they're like, well, I have a Facebook page or I have Instagram. Well, do you do anything with it? Like just having it there and maybe putting that you're having a sale once uh, every quarter is not enough. That's not being really having social media. And that's really not helping their SEO, I would assume. Like they need to have (laughs) some kind of, brand identity and active on these platforms, right?
3: You could have the world's most amazing shop, right? Your little beautiful store that you have wherever you have it. But if you don't tell people about it, then they're not going to know. And the same goes for social media. If you're not consistently telling people about your business or yourself, your services that you offer, they're just not going to know. And so as long as it's consistent, that's the only thing that we tell our clients when when they're, you know, if they won't hire us for social media and they want to run it themselves, all we say is just consistent. That's all we need. As long as your clients and customers and the fans of your business can start to understand your cadence, right, because then they'll start to expect stuff from you. You'll see this in email marketing a lot too. Every morning you're gonna wake up to 55 emails. They all come somewhere between 6.30 a.m. and 7.30 a.m. And the reason is is because people wake up and they look at their phones and that's the, the first thing they do. Then there's another wave of them that typically comes somewhere between 3 and 5 p.m. It's either people are kind of hitting that wall in their workday and they're done. So these are all habits that these companies have built up and they're leveraging the habits of us as consumers. So you need to start to kind of just have this regular cadence with your social media. I know it's hard. I know it takes a lot more work than you would imagine. That when you start to get consistent over a long period of time is when you will start to eventually see some growth.
2: Wait, let's highlight what Chris just said there at the end. Consistency over time. I don't care how often you do it, just do it exactly the same every time. Like it doesn't even matter. Be consistent because both your audience and the platform, like all these platforms are run on algorithms. What does an algorithm need? Information. If you're not giving it information, it can't help you. And ultimately,
1: <laughs> all of these things are designed to get a customer to buy from you. Conversion rates, right? I mean, that's what it boils down to. And there, I, I'm assuming... Whatever you're doing, it all needs to be part of a larger plan. We can't just put all our eggs in one basket and say, this is what I'm doing and only do that. It has to be part of a bigger rollout, correct?
2: Well, I mean, you can put all your eggs in one basket and just do that, but that still needs to be a strategy. So, you know, what you said there, Tony, is that, yeah, there are people who have an Instagram-only strategy. That's legit, Except for that, it also needs to be real, like your customers need to be on there. It needs to be for real, like you're not just doing it because you like Instagram a lot. (laughs) You need to be doing it because that's what's actually bringing you money. You've already done some tests. You recognize that's where like already, you know, out of all the social media platforms you're on, you're getting 98% of your traffic from Instagram and if that's why, then great. Yeah, sure, go for it. It matters what your customer wants and where your customer is. And like you know, Lisa's been saying that whole brand focus, your customer is your brand. And so if you are not where your customers are, then it doesn't matter what you're doing. And your strategy really does need to be focused around being where your customers are and giving them the information they need in order to make the decision to purchase from you. One of our clients
3: wanted to run a ton of ads on Facebook. That was the primary place. They got really good success from it. That's where they made most of their money. The problem came into play when their Facebook page got pulled down unpublished. This was basically a glitch in the the matrix, if you would, but the problem is it lasted for an entire month. So they were doing somewhere around three and a half million dollars a month at the time in overall revenue, and then all of a sudden they were without a Facebook page. And when you don't have a Facebook page, you also cannot run ads on Instagram. So then they all of a sudden were like, okay, we're ready to diversify our social media <laughs> advertising efforts. <laughs> I had been telling them to do that for a year, and they saw like, they were so focused on the fact that they had these amazing results coming from one platform that they, they wanted to stay all in on it. And so, you know, make sure that you're giving other platforms, throw them a bone every once in a while, right? Like your consistency can be less
1: on those platforms, but it still needs to be there our preferences change.
2: Yes. Yeah. One minute it's
1: skinny jeans, the next minute it's mom jeans are back, you know, so, (laughs) right? (laughs) Yeah. Exactly.
2: I completely agree. I think that, you know, when I say you can go all in, I don't mean that you should go, when I say all in, I don't mean you're ignoring everything else. Cause I think that that's massively to the detriment of your business. And as you know, you pointed out, Anthony, it is literally from one week to the next or one month to the next, different platforms kind of rise to the top. And people will say, oh, my God, Facebook is dead or fill in the blank platform or whatever. Or, oh, people still use Pinterest. And I'm like, my 19-year-old stepdaughter uses Pinterest all the time. Yeah. And so for everybody who's like, oh, that's a thing, I'm like, shut up. It's a thing. Like, People still use Twitter. Uh-huh. Yeah, they do. Yeah. Like, so, Just because you don't use a thing doesn't mean the thing went away. <laughs> so. They exactly. are all still there exactly. and people are still on them. Like every single platform, even Snapchat still has people on it <laughs> using it. And so we can't just ignore these platforms because from one period of time to the next, they all kind of like ebb and flow. And if you are running a successful small business, you need to ebb and flow with your audience, not with the platform, but with the audience. So if your audience becomes like super heavily focused on YouTube for a period of time, well, you need to get your butt on YouTube. Like you need to be where your audience is. And that's just that.
0: And I think sometimes being a person of a certain age, I might be resistant of new new platforms. Like I was like, I'm never going to be on TikTok. Oh my God. I love TikTok. Like <laughs> it is so fun. Like talk about yeah, a rabbit hole. Yeah. Yeah, oh my God. How is. can I love, how can I promote the SBDC on TikTok? Cause I, th- I I'm like, I'm so excited about it. Cause I love it, you know? So I think don't Necessarily poo poo a platform just because you don't think it's going to be a lot of fun, or be, or if fun isn't even your targeted outcome, that you're not going to be able to reach your audience on it. So,
1: one more question: I'm just curious about backlinks. Like, if you belong to the chamber, or you belong to the SBDC and we have you listed, your company is listed with us. Does that help drive? I mean, is there a way to measure that? Is that is there is that a benefit to um, businesses to have your you know websites and and those type of things to go back to you?
3: It is, and so it, it's a, a, a piece of the bigger puzzle of SEO in general. The key is you gotta make sure that wherever, whatever the company is, okay, so if it's the Chamber or SBDC and your website link is on there, you hope that that website gets good consistent traffic because otherwise it's not gonna do a whole lot for you, right? It's the same idea of, okay, you have this business, but you don't have a road to get to the business,
2: so no one's gonna find it. So as long as you have that, that is a good thing. Yeah, backlinks are important, but they're also, like if you're gonna rank importance of things that are gonna be, you know, that you should be doing, I'll, I'll give you guys an insider tip content on your own website most of the time that's where we need to spend way more of our time is actually making our the content on our website way more customer focused and less about us because nobody cares about you they only care about themselves and so if you aren't making your content about them then you lose and then in addition to that the like true inside baseball is that the more you can link inside of your site to other things in your site (laughs) like that is one of those low-hanging fruit things that people don't do like people, you know, when someone comes to your website, you should give them 80 million opportunities to go other places inside of your website. That is one of the things that we're just not good at. And I mean, not to say we're not good at it. I think we're just not focused on it. But it is becoming, as far as like, you know, the kajillion criteria that Google has for listing someone, because there's almost a kajillion, internal linkage is high. It's a high priority. And so if you can actually make sure that your own website has both internal links and external links, so you're talking about backlinks, Google also wants to make sure that you're not trying to trap people on your website, so what are the links that you can send people to, so that there's literally traffic flowing in and out of your website. An active website, period, is better than a website that's getting a bunch of you know all semi-dead links from the Chamber of Commerce coming into them, <laughs> like no one's actually clicking on that send link. Send them ever.
1: back over to nice. them. <laughs> That's great advice, that, I, that was not, uh, I really wasn't sure where that was gonna go, that's great advice, thank you.
0: Yeah. And, you know, one other thing that I think we should mention, since we're talking about SEO, is I hear people all the time saying, well, I got to buy all the, uh, the keywords. Do I have to buy keywords for my SEO or should I buy keywords? When you get
3: to a certain point, sure. But what you need to do, if you're talking about buying keywords, to me, you need to look at that list of keywords that clearly you have created that you feel that you should rank for and you need to go through your website and you need to make sure that you're using those keywords and phrases
2: in your
3: Everywhere, website. yes. <laughs> everywhere, yes. page titles, heading tags, content, 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 like Lindsay said, structured content that makes sense, that flows nicely, do those things then you will start to gain more traffic because search engines will will be able to go through your site and it makes sense and they'll start to rank it properly.
2: Be prepared to have a good budget for it and not expect for it to happen overnight because that's the other thing people do. They're like, I'm going to spend all the money and it's going to happen immediately. No, it's not. But also, you know, everything Chris said about making sure that you have all those keywords that you think you want to rank for. Basically, if you, great strategy to think of it this way, however many keywords you would have on your website, in like a legit non keyword stuffing regular fashion is about the amount of words you should do advertising for on keywords and what i find people doing because i you know i i'm also a google partner and have done a lot of ads for people is that i find people trying to rank for keywords, you know, using advertising that they're not using on their website at all, that are only tangentially relevant to what it is that they do. And fortunately for for us as consumers, Google understands that. So they won't serve those ads up, but it makes it a massive waste of time and a potentially huge waste of money for you as a business owner. If you are trying to be competitive in a space that you're not actually meant to be competing in, you want to go in with a strategy because if you don't go in with a strategy that is actually supported by a good website, none of this matters. Like, it's just a massive waste of time and money.
3: One of the things that we do whenever we sign new ad clients, and it doesn't matter if they're running on Facebook, LinkedIn, Google, YouTube, it doesn't matter what platform they're on, the very first thing we do, in fact, we're hopefully signing one soon, and the very first thing we're doing for the first like three weeks is going through their website, making sure it makes sense, making sure that the calls to actions are there, making sure that all the tracking codes are in place. All of those things are going to get done before we ever spend a penny penny. on on the ad side of things. Because we want to make sure that, okay, we could have the best ad strategy in the world, and then you can have an awful product that they land on. And then it's not going to convert, right? Like a uh, an e-commerce store converts at 1% to 2%, so you need a lot of traffic to start to convert to make money for your business. If your online store is terrible or or it's bad to use or it's hard to use or people can't check out, then that conversion rate is going to be even lower. So making sure that your website is buttoned up and ready. You can use services like Fiverr and Upwork to find content writers that know what they're doing if you if you feel like you get a hold of agencies locally you feel like you get a hold of people locally and it's it's outside your budget there's still options that exist out there don't let your website content be in bad shape because you want that to speak to whoever your your target audience is
0: that's great thank you what we've learned from this is that as a business owner you don't necessarily have to spend a lot of money if any money to kind of start improving how you're found online, that there's some really core basics you can do. Once you get all those basics buttoned up, then you can go and look at spending money in the most effective way. So a lot of times business owners, because maybe they don't understand the whole digital platform, digital marketing piece, they get taken by maybe some unscrupulous companies that make promises and that owner doesn't really know how to investigate the ROI and know, you know, they don't understand the language. So it's easy. So if a business owner hasn't done those free things, those basic things, please reach out to the SBDC or your chamber and let us help you do some of those basic things. And then we can help guide you to when you're ready to spend some money that you're spending it in the most effective way possible. So...
1: The last thing we want to see is a really good business that has a really good product or offers a really good service go out of business because they didn't do things correctly to drive business to them. And I love the way basically you guys said, take care of your own house first. Make sure that the content on your website and what you are saying is is correct and will drive business there. And then, um, you know, the next step is to do some other things to help continue to drive that business and to drive more business there.
2: This was a great conversation. And thank you guys for such insightful questions, because I think, you know, again, for those of us who both teach and do this stuff for a living, we run into people who just don't know what they don't know. And I hope that, you know, this conversation helped to illuminate some of these topics for people who are like, you know, I don't know what SEO is. Well, now you have an idea and you can stop panicking because whatever you thought you needed to do, you probably don't. (laughs) Yeah, 100%.
1: Coming up in the next few weeks, we'll be looking at topics such as human resources in our changing workforce, how to understand the numbers and what they mean for you, and we'll have a conversation with a group of entrepreneurs.
0: Don't forget to subscribe so that you never miss an episode and let us know how we're doing by leaving us a rating and review. Business Fluent is a production of Evergreen Podcast in association with the SBDC at Lorain County Community College and the Lorain County Chamber of Commerce.
1: Special thanks to our team at Evergreen for making this possible.